Today, we are talking about the process of getting to the skills that you want to master and making sure that you don't get frustrated on the way by working on the wrong step first. You really need to understand what it is that you need to be focusing on right now. What's up everyone? My name's Yanni Bormeister. To my left is Phil White and across the table is Rad. Behind the mix is Richie. We are Unity Gym and the UMS. If you want to know how we turn driven people into athletes, you got to get hold of our blueprints. They're available in the description of this replay or on our website. Now, also, if you are listening to the replay or listening to the podcast, get yourself over to the UMS Movement Mastermind where we stream these recordings live. Good morning to everyone over there. Andy and Lee, I can see you on the stream. If you're on the stream, let us know where you're tuning in from. What's up, guys? Yeah, you know, it's Tuesday. It's getting wild weather over here in, in Sydney. I'm yeah, that was hectic this morning. I just missed it. House. I walked outside and it was sprinkling. And I didn't have an umbrella and I was like, oh, I'm going to risk it. <laughs> Got to risk it to get the biscuit. And I, Mate, that's, that's not umbrella weather out there. Yeah, we we yeah. sized that up before we were leaving the house and I was like, no, nah, that is just going to be yeah. one of those disasters. Yep. I'm a keen bean surfer and I'm pretty disappointed this week I will be going nowhere near the ocean because the yeah, surf's getting up to about 18 foot uh, the beach I like to surf at. So Yeah, yeah. it's crazy it's big. Crazy <laughs> big. Find something else to do this week. Yep. Well, look, uh, you tiptoe around that and we're, gonna, we're not going to tiptoe around today's topic though. That's... Um, it's a tough one to uh, talk about for some people, but it's something that we have to talk about as we get into programming and advanced level programming. This week, we're going to be really diving deep into how to put your workouts together. Uh, we're going to be talking about how to assess your body and design a more personalized program that's customized to your needs. We're going to then talk about how to add skills training, calisthenics and gymnastics, to the mix but today we're talking about probably the most important step of all of that which is to, to get the basics down pat first and yeah. uh this is yeah look it's something that we have to talk about because we see it time and time again yeah the, uh, the whole purpose of these shows is that we've had a lot of people saying how do i put all this stuff together i've got access to all these different programs now how do i put it into a workout so we're trying to simplify things trying to declutter your mind. And Yanni and I uh, spent a bit of time yesterday going through the, you know, the topics of discussion that we're gonna be going through this week. And today it's all about nailing the three critical foundation principles first before attempting to add skills or specialization programs. And they are in order, motivation, getting your, setting your goals, uh, strategy, and learning to focus on the right thing now. Uh, movement, uh, which is just getting a, a daily uh, habit of uh, basic movement. Uh, and nutrition, learning to reduce inflammation uh, and getting your energy balance right. And all of that comes before the things that people are generally focusing on first, which is physique, trying to get a good physique, or movement mastery. And what we see people getting wrong the most within our circle, because of what we teach, is that people try to focus on the movement mastery before they get these foundational principles right. And if you're in a point where you have injuries that keep recurring, um, if you're overweight, if you have weak joints, then trying to focus on movement mastery skills is a recipe for disaster. And I'll just give you one of the most common things that we see people so want to do. just weak joints, I'd, I'd further term like unconditioned joints. Okay. Because, yeah, unconditioned like, yeah. joints. Because I like the idea yeah. that, you know, that's something you that you can really change with. 
Yeah, for sure, for sure. So de a deconditioned body. Um, if you're carrying an extra 20 or 30 kilos of weight and your wrists are deconditioned and you try to learn how to do handstands by kicking up to a wall, it's, I've seen people well, really Or worse, just trying to kick up, in, trying to in, kick in, up. in the open floor. Yeah, I've seen people really hurt themselves like that. Can, and it's, can I just say before we go any further, we, we're all going to be diving in and, 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 and really getting passionate about this because it's a very passionate um, topic and all three of us have had experience. I wish Richie had a mic because he could also chime in here a lot too. But the one thing I want to make clear and the big insight from today's show for those of you who don't get through till the end is that the three things that we're talking about produce the physique and they produce the mastery in movement. Because if you nail these three motivation, goal, strategy, focus, movement, which is a consistent daily habit of balanced exercise and nutrition where you are eating in a way that's going to support your training and support your body composition, then you, you become very f um, um, process focused. Uh, and I can guarantee you that if you remain goal focused in your training, which is a great thing to set at the start, but if you stay focused on the goal constantly, uh, it becomes brutally painful and slow, especially if you're trying to unlock calisthenic skills, you know, because the reality is, is that you really are overcoming all of the weaknesses in your body. You're overcoming gravity and you're learning, you know, to master leverage, which takes often years, not some people say decades, not just mm. years, you know, and uh, and I think. If you if you come to training every day with the focus of the end result and why you're not there, it it just kills you. It just it, it just. So I guess like a you. practical kind of example of what we're talking about here would be maybe someone who's trying to, um, you know, desperately wants to do their first muscle up, but so they think, okay, what do I need for muscle up? It's got to be, you know, my pull ups got to get lots like better and better and better. But if you haven't done, you know, pull ups for a long time and you're a bit overweight, then just hammering away at pull-ups is more likely going to end up in, you know, giving yourself that golfer's elbow and middle elbow tendinopathy um, than if you focused on, uh, you know, a if with the balanced, well, I guess, motivation first. So putting that strategy in place where you actually have a plan about more than just, I need to do more pull-ups. So you put your strategy in place and then uh, the balance and consistency would be, you know, not training pull-ups every day because you need time to rest. And um, and then with nutrition, get it, put it, giving your body something that's going to, if you're a bit overweight, make you uh, lose a bit of that weight, making the pull-ups much easier because yep. doing pull-ups with uh, weight, weights on you is hard enough. So if that's uh, permanently attached, it's going to be challenging. So just to kind of give you an example of what we're talking about here, how you can, um, you know, that will really guide your... Make it practical. Yeah, look, the, pro, the, the goal-focused person says, I want to do a muscle-up, so I need to be able to do about 10 pull-ups first. So I'm just going to do <coughs> pull-ups. The, 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 the process-focused person comes in and says, I want to do a muscle-up, I need to do 10 pull-ups, so I need to lose as much body fat as I can through nutrition, and I need to condition the crap out of my grip and my forearms and elbows so that I don't develop tendinopathy. And that approach is very different to banging up as many pull-ups as you can every day. You know, they're, they're doing forearm conditioning and grip training and they're taking their time to develop that conditioning in the grip and the forearms and they're taking that time to really dial in their caloric requirements. They might go get a DEXA scan, they might 
create uh, get get help creating a nutrition plan you know that so the the process focused person is attacking it from all angles and they're making sure that they're gauging how their muscles are feeling on a day-to-day -day basis and they're um, flexible rad likes to talk about this you know are you flexible if you have a plan and you come in and you go oh that doesn't feel good in my forearms do you keep banging away at pull-ups that day I can guarantee you that Rad doesn't. Maybe I do. <laughs> but well, I've been forced to do, do this because I, because I made this mistake myself. And this stuff wasn't taught to me. These are things that I figured out myself the hard way. Because the first, I mean, exactly what you just described there is exactly what I did wrong. I had a, a, a mediocre pull-up, I guess. A, a, you know, I mean, I say mediocre because it's a hell of a lot better than somebody that can't do pull-ups, but compared to some of the strongest people in the world that are banging out sets of you know 20 or 30 pull-ups, it's nothing close to that. But I had a pull-up and I wanted to learn how to do a one-arm pull-up and I had a decent physique. I was at a better, you know, 10% body fat. So I started really working on a one-arm pull-up and I started to develop tendinopathy and I didn't know what it was. I didn't know how to deal with it. I had no strategy. And in my mind, I said, well, I'm doing a one-arm pull-up, I don't care, I'm going to push through this discomfort and I'm going to get out on the other side. And it got to a point where it was a chronic issue that was um, unbearable and I couldn't, not only could I not work on a one-arm pull-up, I couldn't even do a pull-up for about uh, a year after that. And so I learned the hard way this concept of being flexible and being process driven and so now instead of being that person that was goal focused, which is here's my goal, I'm going to get there no matter what. It was, here's my goal, that sets me, that gives me the motivation to create my program and now here's my program and I'm gonna focus on that, but I'm gonna be flexible with it so that every day that I turn up to the gym, um, I'm making adjustments on the fly, uh, even, even from week to week and month to month and it doesn't always go in the direction that I want it to. Sometimes I have to veer off to the side because I go, oh, that feels a bit funny, I need to address that, I need to assess why I'm feeling that and address it. And you know, the, and I'm at a much higher level than the average person because I've already dialed in my nutrition and, and got my physique to a, a good body composition. So f for some people, it's, it, it, it's the steps are way smaller than that. You know, the steps are outside of the gym, like the process becomes every time you walk into the supermarket, you have to think, what am I about to put in my shopping trolley? And you've got to remind yourself of your goal and then focus on the process of what it means to get healthy and to get fit. and you know, there's a, there's a whole other set of things that have to go on there, you know? 100%, 100%. And it's interesting, because, you know, I think about this and the, I've got um, a, a cluster of friends who have take their training very seriously and have achieved extremely high levels of competency in the, <coughs> in the field of their expertise. Um, and for instance, Bass over at um, Australian Strength Coach, I often see him post on Instagram, you know, today I was meant to do this, but it didn't feel good, so I did this. And other times it was like, yeah, I wasn't meant to squat heavy today, but it just felt so good that I ended up banging out a PR, you know? And um, that's what we're talking about with flexibility. You know, in this instance, in this context, we're not referring to flexibility as joint flexibility. We're, uh, um, we're talking about program and workout and process flexibility. Yeah, which can be such a hard thing for people who are new to the training journey. So that's why, you know, I think it's a I'm so glad that we moved this show over onto the Movement Mastermind group because that's where you can 
um, you know, post up your questions about, oh, okay, you know, if I want to make these small changes to the program, um, then people with, you know, good yep. amounts of experience can come in and help you out there. Whereas, yeah, that's um, right. Instead it, of having to pay for a personal trainer to do it for you. So, hundred percent. And that, and what we're talking about here, you know, having the the knowledge and wisdom to be flexible and process focused. It, it's not something that you can assume to develop overnight. It's something that you learn over time. But if you go into your training with this mindset and with this um, flexibility, um, you're going to be so much better. You, you're just going to be so much better off. My example of getting this really wrong was when I was physique training, when I was bodybuilding. And, you know, I set myself a goal. Uh, when I was boxing competitively, I was around 79 kilos, 79 to 81 kilos was the, the, the weight division that I was competing in. And when I finished boxing at 30 years old, I set myself a goal just to get as heavy as I could. And I just had this vision of being 90 to 95 kilos and muscular and lean, you know. And I went relentlessly at this. I just charged at it. And no matter how my body felt, I was training that day. And I was training with a couple of guys who were also ruthless in their um, in their training. You know, they'd turn up to the gym if they'd just been hit by a car and still do their workout. And, uh, and yeah, I'd sacrificed the way my body was performing and feeling for this goal of just getting to 95 kilos. That was just it. I wanted to do it. And, um, and it really beat me up. Like it really beat me up. I developed chronic injuries in all areas of my body. I had the worst tendinopathy in both of my elbows. Uh, and it just, um, yeah, it was, it was just not the, the, the best way to approach things, you know, and it unfortunately requires you hitting rock bottom often <laughs> before you realize that you're doing it really wrong. But if I was process focused, I would have understood that, you know, in order to get that goal, longevity was key because it wasn't going to happen overnight. And so I needed to look at like a, you know, two to five year plan of how to put on 15, 16, 17 kilos of lean mass is not going to be done in a year. It's probably not going to be done in two years. So I needed to make sure that no matter what I did, I was able to train consistently at a high level of intensity and volume for two to three years, as opposed to just racing at it and hoping that it was going to come in a year because the way I trained, I certainly didn't have the end goal in mind. I, I just had to do as much as I possibly can and get this as quickly as possible, you know. Mm. Yep. Learning from your, your mistakes is powerful, but it sucks. So learn from ours instead, I guess. That's yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Look, I mean, we definitely didn't have a show like this to watch and listen to. And if there was, I didn't know about it. Um, to learn from people that had been down the journey before us. So I don't know what I would have done if I had this information. Um, I'd like to think that I would have listened to it and, um, you know, really absorbed it. So I really hope that you, that those of you that are listening do do listen to this because it, it, it's just critical. You you need to, like I'm a, I'm a big believer that you need to, a goal is really, really important, but the goal is what gets you started. And you then have to go through this assessment process where you look at, um, you, you take a really critical look at your current state of strength, flexibility, health, fitness, body lifestyle. composition, lifestyle, lifestyle, everything, and think, wh is what I'm doing, would what I'm doing right now, how I am, get to my goals? And you are, this is really hard for a lot of people to hear and to understand, but right now you are a snapshot of your own choices. You're a reflection of the choices that you've made your in your life. Your environment, yeah. Now, and your environment, that's yeah. right. Now, of course, there are 
few there are there are some examples of people that have genetic orders and and you know the the, the cards are stacked against them but from the decades that I've been in this profession, I've learned that those are those are very small. They, they account for a very small amount of people. So a lot of people will say, "Oh well, you know, some people have uh, genetic disorders that cause them to be more overweight." The last time I heard the stats on that, it was about three percent of people that have a genetic disposition to being really overweight, where they can't deal with it. Do you remember that stat from Tony Bataji? Well, Bataji? It's, it's yeah, I've done a lot of research into this, and the funny thing with genetics and and uh, and and hormones and all this stuff. The the environment creates, you know, it's like it's epigenetics, what, right? It's yeah, that's the, exactly the, right. Yeah, you the, know, so genetics. So being overweight, being overweight creates the um, the the tilt in what's going on in your body that then makes it much harder to lose the weight. Yeah. So it's kind of like. Um, yeah, there is there is often issues going on there, but those issues will be solved if you lose That's weight. Where I read it, it was in the Biology of Belief. Yeah, the Biology of Belief by Bruce Lipton, who is a PhD um, and been studying genetics and epigenetics for about forty years, so an entire career on it. And he was saying in that book that people that have a genetic disposition to being overweight counts for about 3% of the people that are actually overweight. Yeah. So for most people, it's the lifestyle choices. And, that and the do. majority of people that do go and get um, pathology and things like that done and it comes back and they say, yeah, you've got high this and low that and that's going to make it hard. And, and Thyroid this, issues or whatever. Usually it's caused by the fact that they've been overweight for so yeah. long. Yeah. And um, yeah, it makes it a little bit harder sometimes. So at, at that point, like it comes down to controllables and uncontrollables. Like, mm -hmm. you know, if there's something that's kind of stacked against you then you can't like let that sort of take over and then become you know uh, like obviously it's going to make it harder and you got to work through it but it, like you can always work on your controllables and keep mm -hmm. improving that so that's yep. exactly like, right that's a yeah. very good point I've i think got people, I think people focus point. so much on the uncontrollables that like that hold them back in life and it's just one of those things that you like have to accept yep. like you, you can mourn that but then you have to kind of let it go and then just work on yeah. you know yeah what, what uh, and and, are. and then and you often see people that talk about the uncontrollables and they say, this is why I'm not getting there. But then you look at the controllables and they're not even close to getting the controllables right. Um, you know, to be in that state of, of the best health that they could be in to start a journey towards movement mastery. So we're not talking about to, to start an exercise program. We're talking about people that are, have big audacious goals that want to learn calisthenics or movement mastery skills. Um, so let's, we, we, um, for the next few minutes, let's make this really practical. What does this look like? And we'll go around the table and give people um, our personal blueprint of what getting the, the basic principles of motivation, nutrition, and movement right. Um, I'll start. Uh, for me, it is having a very clear goal and then understanding how to break that goal down into a strategy, which usually would span 12 months. For me, my, my big audacious movement goals are always a 12-month plan and I create stepping stones so I can check in, which we call a fitness strategy here at Unity Gym. Then I break those stepping stones down into the daily, the key daily behaviors, three to five key daily behaviors that I know that if I do today, that are something I can manipulate in real time, then they're gonna keep moving me in the right direction and I keep checking in on that. Um, we call that the strategy and, and, the, and the focus point. Then for nutrition, for me, it is that I am autonomously shopping right. I'm not going to the supermarket uh, on an empty stomach and buying junk food. It's very rare that something ends up in my trolley that's not in alignment with those goals and with that strategy and plan. And um, I'm eating 
probably six out of every seven days really well, really well. And, and at a, a fairly lean body composition, I can afford a cheat day, uh, which I call it, you know, but it's not enough to disrupt my flow and it's not enough to recultivate my gut microbiome so that I crave junk food all the time. And if it is, if I'm still craving junk food, then I don't eat any of it at all. And also you and I have had these conversations personally where people talk about a cheat day or a cheap meal um, we don't recommend that until you're at a decent health a level of health that you even consider cheat meals yeah. or cheat days. Like uh, for well, Yanni the, the, and me, like a cheat meal and a cheat day is something that's earned. Yeah. And we have times where we look at ourselves and we're not happy with uh, with our body composition, where we've just haven't trained hard enough and we've probably been not eating the best and we start to put on a little bit of fat because we're human. And at that point, Cheat meals are gone. Yeah. Cheat days are gone until we get back to the point where we say, okay, I'm comfortable now. And I know that if I have a crappy meal once a week or a day where that one day is, is a series of not so good meals, it's not going to really negatively affect my body. So you've got to yeah. be really clear on that. Like we see people that are trying to lose fat, they're 20 or 30 kilos overweight, and they're talking about the cheat meals that they have every week. And I think, man, I don't think you're getting it right. I don't, I don't think you're understanding the concept of this. Yeah. And that, anyone, who's un, who, anyone who's questioning whether Rad and I can get fat, both of our parents are, are, are overweight. Two, one of them's morbidly obese. And the other one, the other was, one was until, until a few years ago, yeah. until until he lost 37 kilos. And um, to give you an example, I went on a cruise a couple of years ago with Kalisha for 11, for 14 days, and I put on eight kilos of fat in 14 days. I, I came back. Um, <laughs> that's how quickly we can put on weight if we switch off and just eat like idiots and yep. drink lots of alcohol. So let's, um, Phil. let's give Phil his little. What does it mean to you, Phil, to get the basics right? Yeah, I think it's sort of um, thinking back on. I guess my last like 10 years, I guess I was very much focused on one sport um, and, you know, had very much had like all my focus was around playing ultimate frisbee better because that's what I was competing at, um, you know, at an international level. And, and it's been a real shift coming to, um, you know, change that up now. And, and now my focus, like I kind of haven't decided on like really hitting particular, um, you know, movement goals because like my goal is actually just to um, really like embrace the like variety and embrace just like enjoy like really loving because it got to the point with frisbee where i was like doing it because it's kind of a chore and now i'm kind of like really focused on enjoying everything i'm doing and so um i guess that's like a bit doesn't quite fit this sort of um template but you know when my focus at the moment is very much on building um you know a lot of stuff around my business uh yeah i've really em embraced the idea of just like like learning and, and having fun with what I'm doing rather than like beat myself up to hit a certain. Um, but that's know. good because it gives people an idea, a, a completely different um, uh, idea and, and pathway. And that's the thing. Like you, you don't have to, not everyone has to take it as seriously as, as Rad and I do. I mean, no. Rad takes it even more seriously than I do, you know. Uh, I exercise now to maintain my emotional and psychological yeah. health and performance and confidence, you know. So we all sort of sit on different spectrums, I guess, you know, which is really good, I think. Yeah, and I think, like, you know, that's this is really suiting kind of my uh, lifestyle at the moment. And, I'm, and I, I think, you know, at some point I'll then, you know, really hone in and, and focus on one thing. But at the moment I'm sort of going with the flow, like, you know, for the last couple of months it's been surfing has been my main focus. And then, you know, once tournaments start up for volleyball, I'll play a bit more of that. And, uh, and I'm... You know, happy to be just like consistent in the gym and 
um, you know, especially coming out of lockdown, like really just working my way up gently, but not like striving to beat myself at all, like cost to get to a certain level. So yep. yeah, I think it's just, you know, everyone sort of, you like, I think exercise is such an important part of everybody's life, but it, yeah, it can be in, in sort of different ways for different people. So Yeah, absolutely. I think that's fantastic. And what about nutrition? How do you approach nutrition? Yeah, I think um, it's been a challenging one having a partner who is a absolute baking fiend. So uh, <laughs> we've just had to like decide that uh, baking is only for weekends or something like that, where it's just like trying to put like, especially with uh, with lockdown and she she does uh, shift work. So it can kind of get a bit out of hand where it's just any time of the day you come home and there's cake and it's like, that's, that's a <laughs> challenging one. So we've had to just decide that like... <laughs> You just have oh, to, I'd uh, be in trouble. Oh, mate! It's, if it's in the house, it's eaten. Yeah, it, 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 I'm I'm useless mm. like that. I, I have, we have a rule like on Sunday if there's anything left that we bought for a cheat day, it goes in the bin. It's like otherwise it's eaten. Yep. Yeah, but um, similar thing like we you know it's it's all about when you're actually at the supermarket because you know I have if it's in the house like I'll absolutely I will eat it yeah. like no matter what it is. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> but you know I love to I love to cook and one thing that we've been um, doing like I've been doing at the moment is. Um, making like a very vegetable heavy chicken soup at the beginning of the week so that for the rest of the week, if I want to snack on something, like there's always that which is a bit kind of satisfying and, and filling in that kind of nice savory thing that, you know, if there's like a packet of grain waves or something in the in the cupboard that you'd, you'd go for that instead. So yeah. that's been my little um, tool <laughs> for yeah. Yeah. just like Good. kind of healthier Good. stuff over the last awesome. weeks. What about you, Rad? Well, the first thing that I'm going to say is that the very first thing that you have to do is you can't listen to something like this and do fucking nothing. Mm-hmm. You've got to fucking do something. You've got to change. Like, and I'm saying the word fucking because the amount of time that people sit here and nod their head and go, yeah, and nothing changes, man. Like people nod like they're listening to, you know, someone giving them the the truth about life, but then nothing changes. And so the first thing that I'd say is what I did, what really changed things for me when I talk about motivation is write your goals down, write down what's important to you in life. My, My martial arts teacher, my Kung Fu teacher got me to do this years ago. He said, You'll only ever be good at three things in your life. You'll only ever have the opportunity to really nail three things. And for most people, work and family come first and second in whatever order you want to call it. That's what most people do. And if you if you don't haven't really thought about that yet, have, you know, have a think about it. Think about where your time goes. We all, if you're working a full-time job, you're working anywhere from 40 to 60 hours a week, probably. So that's a hell of a lot of your time. So how can you really say that work is not something that you're putting a lot of energy into? And if you've got a family and you're maintaining healthy relationships, most people will say that they've got time for their family. And so my teacher said this to me. He said, you've got to decide what's going to come third. Because if you want to be good at Kung Fu, but in your priority list, resting and relaxing comes before Kung Fu, you'll never be good at it. Or if you want to be socializing and having fun and going out on the weekends, if that comes before Kung Fu, and forget the word Kung Fu, talk about training, talk about movement goals, you'll never get good at it. So for me, very early on in life, I was challenged to think about that. And he said, once you've made the decision, if you decide that these other things are more important than your training, then that's fine. But just accept that you're never going to get to the really high level that you want. For me, that was unacceptable. I have very big goals. And so I said, no, Kung Fu does come third, which means it allowed me to make those decisions where I said, uh, I'm, I'm going to say no to this because my training comes first. I'm going to say no, even though I feel exhausted after work and I want to go home and just relax and watch TV and have a beer, I'm going to go to training instead. 
I'm not saying you, you push yourself and kill yourself like what we just spoke about not doing, but it was that decision. So I think that's the first thing you got to do. You got to be very, very clear on why it is you're doing it. So when you set your goals and you say, uh, I want to do the splits or I want to do a handstand or I want to do a muscle up or anything like that, figure out where does that sit on your priority list? Because if it doesn't sit above comfort and enjoyment, then you'll never make the right decisions that are going to get you there because you'll always go to the supermarket and choose the thing that makes you feel comfortable and, and enjoy, you know, it's the chocolate, whatever, you know. And if, that, if that's where you feel, then, then feel good about that decision and, and, and enjoy your life, you know, enjoy your life. And, and that's not saying don't train because if you don't train at all, you're going to be in real trouble if, you, if you're eating chocolate and you're eating comfort, comfort foods and you don't train at all. But be very realistic that you're making a decision that is going to take you further away from doing muscle ups and handstands and things like that over the decision that's going to take you there. So once you've made that decision and you move on to movement, it should be really, really easy to figure out whether or not you're going to train daily or at least move daily because you've made this decision. You know, you can make the decision easier. And then the next thing I'll talk about with nutrition and even movement is think about the compound effect. So once you've made this decision that let, let's, let's think that you are somebody that you go through this process and you think movement mastery is high on my priority list. I'm going to put that before comfort because that's why I've been able to achieve what I've been able to achieve because I made this decision a long time ago. And then you have to think about the compound effect because every time I think I'm not getting close enough to my goals, what I think about is what's the one thing that I'm doing that's stopping me getting close to my goals? And for this year, the big thing for me was regular drinking. And I'm not even talking, I'm not even coming close to doing drinking daily. I'm talking about just on the weekends, just having a few beers or a few drinks on the weekends regularly, I recognize was the compound effect because that's what made me get poor quality sleep. And it's what made me order a pizza that night because I couldn't be bothered cooking dinner. And all these things compound to me getting further from my goals rather than closer. And once you've gone through that process, stop the thing that is compounding to take you further from your goals. Stop it. And in all honesty, guys, like we're, we're talking movement mastery here. That's the theme of, of, of today's show or of this week is, is what, how do you use all these things? What, what do you focus on to get to where you want to go? And if we're talking about grassroots level, you have to make that decision. You have to decide what it is that you want figure out where it is on your priority list and then make the hard decisions that are going to either get you there or not get you there. And I think most people aren't doing this. Most people are just having the goal and then going, oh, I'm just going to get there. But they're not looking at all these things around them, all the decisions that they're making daily. Well, they're not, yeah, they're not dialing in the basics. Yeah. And it's, it's, just, it's very, very simple. It, 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 you know, we, we, we've talked a lot here and that could be um, uh, creating a context of complexity, but it's not. It's very simple. You have to, depending on how audacious your goals are, you're going to have to work harder to dial in the basics. Some of, some people will find it a little easier because they will have achieved high levels of skill uh, or fitness or strength at uh, at a young age. They may have played a lot more sport. They may be, you know, um, they may take to gym or training a little bit easier. Uh, depending on what your background is, depending on we spoke about genetics, epigenetics. Uh, there are going to be variables that make that, that, that make the journey um, longer for you, you know. And so you, yeah, you have to think think about what your goals are. Think about how seriously you want to take your training. Is it something that you just want to enjoy, or is it something you, that you really want to take seriously? Um, and then, 
yeah, figure out what's holding you back. And nine times out of 10, it's going to be one of the three points that we've spoken about today, motivation, movement, or nutrition. Mm -hmm. uh, I can guarantee you that the higher level things, the physique and the movement mastery, the insane levels of strength and flexibility, the skills, calisthenics and gymnastics, they will come as a side effect as a result of dialing in those three basics first. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Now, the, the take-home message from today is not be disheartened and throw the towel in and say, oh my God, I'm never going to get there because of this, that, and the other. It's be honest with yourself and work on the basics and keep moving forward. Um, and, you know, try to be progressive. Like Yanni always says to people, be 1% better every day. I think that's a really good approach which would mean that you just try to think of one thing to start with today because there's so many things that you have to get right if you're at the bottom level of all of this, if you're out of shape, if you're not used to exercising, and if you create a goal to want to be able to do calisthenics, there's a lot of things that have to happen. So rather than being overwhelmed with it all, you know, focus on the little thing, on something that you can say, you know what, I'm going to be able to do this daily, which might be as simple as um, which is, this is why we have this daily meditation at the start of it all, you know, for 10 minutes. That's something that I think anybody can do. And the, the, if, you, if you follow a good meditation course like the Waking Up app, um, they teach you that being lost in thought is the process. It, that's not like, oh, you suck at meditation. You're, you're never going to be able to do it. That is the process. You, you learn to identify that and then just come back to it. Um, and, and, you know, you just build on it. You build on it, you build on it, you build on it. Yeah, I think we teach our guys here at Unity Gym in the UMS to go for the lowest hanging fruit first. Um, and usually that is to build that routine of um, really balanced workouts uh, on a regular basis, you know, five or so days a week. And um, we like to start people off with the foundations program because it's going to teach you to train in a balanced way, limb symmetry, flexibility, strength, uh, agonist, antagonist or muscle systems. Um, it really just helps you set a good foundation and then build up from there. Uh, because it's usually the lowest hanging fruit. Nutrition's a big beast to tame. And uh, if, you've got, if, you've, if, if you've grown up on a really wild diet uh, of a lot of processed food, it will take a bit of work. You may need a bit of help. You may need to reach out to a nutritionist or a, a dietitian or even a psychologist to help with that sort of stuff to break down really heavy ingrained eating habits. You know, we are all three people sitting here have been fairly graced with quite smart parents. I know Phil's parents are, are, are very clever. They haven't raised you on shit, you know, um, and same with our parents. So we're lucky in that regard. We were and we weren't. I've, we, that's, that's what mum was like. Yes, yeah. That's my what mum was like. Wasn't like when that, when yeah. we moved in with dad, he gave us the card and said, go shopping and buy your own Whatever microwave dinners. And we were pizzas and nachos. Yeah, and McDonald's for a long time. <laughs> for but, about five years. But yeah. because we were also influenced by mum who cooked all of our own meals, there was something within us that turned around one day. I remember it when yeah. I was later on in my teenage years where I said, man, I, I, I kind of feel like I need to learn how to cook. I don't think this is going to be very good yeah. for me if I keep eating. Anyway, look, let's, let's, yep. we've got to wrap this up. Yep. Um, all I'm trying to say is, you know, just just go for your lowest hanging fruit first. And, um, and if you want to learn how to do that, then join our UMS online coaching. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. All right, guys. 
Uh, that's it for today. We'll tomorrow. See, we'll see tomorrow. We're, we're talking. Tomorrow we're talking about assessing yourself. Yeah. Um, if tomorrow. you're not assessing, you're only guessing. So we're going deeper into this, and we're going to be, you know, by the end of this week, we're really going to show you guys how you understand how to put together your own workout, how to build your own workout based on your goals and where you're at. So make sure you uh, make sure you stay tuned to these uh, these shows. We're going to be revealing some really good stuff, and we'll see you awesome. tomorrow. Awesome. See you guys. Health is about performance, not just body image. You better be willing to accept what you're going to have to do to get there. We'll start focusing on movement goals, strength goals, flexibility goals. When you nail that skill, it's there forever. The body image goal doesn't get you that far. It's the consistency and frequency that's going to get you there. It's not the intensity. There's no shortcuts to mastery and movement. Destination doesn't change overnight, but your direction will. The gym is not the place to beat up the body that you hate. It's the place to build the body that you love. We are the gym that teaches people how to move instead of just exercise because we believe that health is about performance, not just body image.